Alright, what's going on guys? It's Jamie here once again. Thank you for joining me today. What I'm going to be talking about is this one tiny little tweak you need to make to your sales process in order to sell more stuff. Now, I am in this instance talking about when you jump on a call with someone, either via Zoom or a phone call, whatever it is, this is going to help you close more sales. I will catch you guys right after this. All right, welcome back, guys. Thank you for joining me. For those of you that are new here, I'd like to say a very, very warm welcome to you. My name is Jamie Gardner. I'm a full-time affiliate marketer, also a coach for a program. We've got well over 680 students absolutely crushing it with their affiliate marketing business. We focus on the fundamentals of sales, marketing, off creation, all that super fun stuff. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about how we can help you out with your business, start to really ascend your profits online with affiliate marketing, head over to ultimateaffiliategroup.com. It's a free Facebook group where I share a lot of my story and really take deep dives into how you can start getting some awesome results in your business. All that being said, for those of you that uh, want to follow along the journey, been doing this stuff for just over 10 years at the time of recording, and this is me just documenting some of the stuff that is working in my business, some of the stuff that I've discovered through working with uh, many, many, many students at this point, and also just uh, really talking about some of the things that are, uh, are prevalent in our industry. So with all that being said, let's dive straight into it. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of a story. Uh, Twas the year of our Lord, 1980. No, I'm just kidding. Um, basically, I used to be involved in sales. And, well, technically, I still am, I guess. But I'm selling for myself now. It's a little bit different. But back in the corporate world, when I first arrived in sunny Australia, this is uh, 2005. And I arrived, and it was uh, the 16th of March, 2005. And the reason why I remember that date was because I, I don't know why I remember it. It just it was it was something that I it's always stuck in my head. Sixteenth of March. Anyway, it was a great time. I was young. I was about twenty four years old. I arrived from a very small town in New Zealand to the big smoke of Melbourne, Australia, which I, I still reside in, and uh, it, it was an exciting experience. But I realised when I arrived in Melbourne, if I didn't start getting into something that was going to involve me using my brain, using my skills in a slightly different way, I'm going to be stuck doing laborious manual labor jobs for the rest of my life. And this is something that I had sort of in the back of my mind. Uh, prior to that, I actually worked in a gold mine driving dump trucks. When I arrived in Australia, I worked in construction. I was uh, basically lugging concrete around and breaking up rocks, all sorts of fun stuff. And I thought, how do I get into the, the corporate world? Like, what is the key skill that I can bring to the table? Which at that point, I must confess, was actually pretty much nothing. I had little to no uh, knowledge. I, I wasn't uh, trained in anything specific. I think I'd done sort of like a pre-apprenticeship course in uh, engineering at that time. And that was about a, the, the extent of my qualifications other than a first aid kit, uh, sorry, first aid course. And uh, I, I think I did sort of like a, a computer course type stuff, like just in, you know, how to use basics of excel and, and uh, email marketing or sorry email software and things like that and so i was highly unskilled and uh, one thing i did have for me though is that i'm, I'm a pretty friendly sort of dude but i'm also uh pretty damn determined and i'm going somewhere with this story so i appreciate you guys uh listening um and so what happened was i ended up renting this property through this agency 
and they seemed really, really lovely. And I ended up becoming very, very good friends with the, the real estate agent that uh, took us through the property, which is a strange coincidence as, as life sometimes happened. Anyway, uh, went and rented this property and I, I started asking them about what they did. And I was curious about real estate and investment. I've been learning about real estate investing for quite some time since I was about 15 years old. Never really did anything with the information. I just knew a lot of uh, theory. So I was interested in, in the industry. And uh, at this point, like I say, I was about 24 years old. And uh, in order to get into real estate in Australia, you need to go get a kind of a thing of the qualification. Uh, nowadays, it's basically a um, uh, not an agent's license. It's a kind of like an agent's sub license. Gosh, it's, it's been obviously a long, long time since I've been involved with that. Anyway, I went and did that um, and, and basically allowed me to work on behalf of another qualified real estate agent. So I got, got my qualifications so on and so forth. And then the job search happened. And one of the places that I found myself in was a real estate agent on the other side of, of our town. And so I would take my tiny little crappy car that I had at the time, which was this beat up old, uh, might've been a Toyota from memory. I can't even remember, just remember the, uh, it being old and de decrepit. And uh, I'd head off to this office every day. And of course, cause I'm new and I don't know anything. And um, you know, I bought maybe three or four like crazy colored brown suits on a, a trip to Bali about three years prior. So I had these kind of weird suits that I was wearing. And, um, likewise with the shirts and the ties and stuff like that. And it probably looked really, really out of place in hindsight. Anyway, so of course, because I'm new, they want to see me cut my teeth at this place. And what they said was, hey, we've got a list of leads here. I'm like, oh, list of leads, that sounds exciting. And so they wanted me to call these people and, and these people, these leads, uh, they've been on the books for quite some time. They may or may not have seen a property. They might've gone to some sort of whining and dining event. They were just a bunch of leads, pretty much more or less their internal phone book, shall we say. Nothing wrong with this. This is just how real estate was done back then. I'm, I'm sure it's probably improved since then. But anyway, so here I am, uh, a kid, not really knowing what the heck to do tried to get a little bit of guidance from some of the, the other agents, especially the ones that have been there for a long time. Some of them were just these grumpy old dudes that just had no interest in helping whatsoever, which was a little bit unfortunate, but the, the younger ones were pretty nice and helped me out a great deal. And so jumped on the phone and I was so nervous. I've never done anything remotely close to sales, to any admin work, to anything like that whatsoever. And so here I am jumping on this phone and very nervously dialing. In fact, I, I anticipated uh, with such nervous energy making these calls that I, I hardly made any, like I might've made eight calls for the entire day when I'm really, realistically, I could have been making hundreds or hundreds of attempts at least anyway, but here I am just like, I'd overthink it and gosh, what am I gonna say? And like, I'd have to mentally prepare myself almost like I was going in for training at the Navy SEALs or something like it was ridiculous in hindsight. But again, like I wasn't trained and it was just something that was very new to me. So when I started making these calls, a lot of the time people were pretty friendly. Sometimes I'd be a little bit rude, but uh, I guess that was perhaps more my, my approach than anything. I was a bit naive. But then there was this one lady and she was a buyer's advocate. And a buyer's advocate is someone that finds properties on behalf of uh, usually investors, sometimes families, but usually investors. And so they do the legwork, they do the... Um, I don't know, look at the, the rates and, you know, any planning, town planning and perhaps any um, future developments in that suburb, all that type of stuff. And then look at the demographics and the psychographics and they find really good investment properties or homes, uh, depending on what their clientele desires. So ran this lady nervously and she said, 
you're pretty new there, aren't you? And I'm like, um, yep, <laughs> because I didn't know what I was doing. And she said she was a buyer's advocate and I had no idea what that meant. And so I said, oh, well, I won't, I won't need to sell to you then. <laughs> and then uh, she said, well, you'd be stupid not to because I'm a buyer's advocate and I've got you know, dozens of clients that are looking for property. I thought, oh gosh, what have I done? Anyway, she could sense my nerves and she was really kind. She was actually really nice to me. And she said, cool, what do you, what do you got in your books? I said, this, these are what I've got. This is what I'm, I'm privy to, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, cool. No worries at all. And so nothing transpired. And I ended up staying at that place for another two weeks. And I, I absolutely loathed it before I ended up getting another job and so on and so forth. And then after that, I got into finance. And after that, I got into education. After that, I got into uh, selling websites and you, you name it. Like it, it was a, a lengthy career in sales predominantly sales and some customer service stuff in there as well. But the, the point that I'm getting to with all this uh, story was, yes, at that time, I was super nervous. Yes, I had thrown myself in the deep end and I had no idea what I was doing. But eventually, after a lot of practice, I became very good at it. I became very proficient at selling. And I was able to do so in a way that I realized was very congruent with who I am. It's not any of these things you see on TV about going out there and, you know, smile and dial Wolf of Wall Street style and, you know, all that type of stuff. It's really just about you connecting with another human being. But there are still some lessons that I was able to gain from that one single point. And the one that I'm getting to here today is exactly what happened on that call, which was the lady picked up my nervous energy. Now, it was a, it was a phone call, so she couldn't see my face, she couldn't be, read my body language, thankfully, because you're probably like, would have hung up straight away. This guy's an absolute idiot. Look at his crazy brown suit and his weird eclectic style of tie. I don't want to deal with this guy, um, thankfully. But what happened was because I was nervous, my tone on the telephone was nervous. And so this is something that I've picked up with a lot of my colleagues. And later on when I became more proficient at selling, and I became aware of this stuff and I became aware of the different tones that you can use in your communication. Things started to change dramatically because I realized that in a voice related sales situation where perhaps you're only selling through your voice or you're selling through your voice and using body language in the form of Zoom calls or perhaps you're selling on a one-to-one -one basis, but specifically when it's over the phone and Zoom, I'll, I'll say Zoom as well, but specifically when it's over the phone, 70% of the sale is done via your tone, 70%. Now that stat may be true or false. It's something that I've read before, but I, I, would, I would wholeheartedly agree with that number, to be honest, because it's not what you say, but how you say it. And I'm going to give you some kind of strange examples here. So in Australia, uh, a lot of younger women, for some reason, they tend to inflect their words up at the end of the word, kind of like this. Of course, that's a, a, a gross exaggeration and apologies to any young women that are listening at this stage, thinking of being um, you know, provocative or anything, but it is true. I've noticed it's, it's uh, quite prevalent in Australia where it's kind of talk like that. And I don't know, like that, and maybe it's just a, a younger person thing. Um, I'm probably pretty sure I perhaps did it myself um, when I was younger as well. But what it displays and what people hear is a lack of confidence in what you're saying. Because if you are inflecting upwards, it creates a sense of nerves. 
And that is to tie it back to what I was saying before. This is exactly what I was doing on that call with that woman. I said, I've got a property on uh, Graves Street and I've got another one on uh, Potter Road, another one on Melbourne uh, Boulevard. And she picked up on that straight away. So of course I wasn't saying it confidently. So in order to have more effective uh, closing and more effective sales calls, there's a couple of things that you can do. So relax is the first thing. No one really gives a shit. And it's just one single call, one single prospect. Like it doesn't actually matter in the grand scheme of things. You're not going to look back in five years time and go, oh gosh, if only I'd inflected my words slightly different. Gosh, I would be a billionaire by now. Like I would have been the next Mark Zuckerberg if it wasn't for the fact that I inflected my words wrong on that sales call that one time. Oh gosh, what was me? Probably not going to happen like that. So dismiss the individual calls and look at the sum of all parts. So look at the and and listen to yourself and on the uh, on the when you've put pumped through a little bit of volume. But start creating a bit of a habit. If you notice yourself talking in, in that manner, and especially if you are coming to the close of a call, you're closing the sale, and you find yourself doing a little bit of that, a little bit too excited, it activates a different part of the brain. However, interestingly enough, that excited energy and that inflection upwards in your words can work very, very, very well when you're building rapport with people. This is something that I found that I was doing subconsciously anyway. I found that I uh, once I became aware of it, actually, it was interesting. I thought, crap, I do this all the time. So when I meet people, I often will uh, have a slightly higher voice, depending on who it is. Um, it's something that I've picked up on subconsciously, like I say, depending on who it is and, uh, you know, I, I guess whether it is, uh, I guess, the social situation, things like that. But if you are talking in a higher voice, it has a, sort of a fun energy around it. And sometimes people pick up on that and they're like, yeah, wow, what are we doing? It's got kind of like when you greet a dog and, you know, dogs all excited, they're like, you know, just super happy just to see you. And that energy you can actually create. And it's something actually happens in your brain where you create that sense of, of uh, I guess, energy, like I say. But the other side of it, especially if you're inflecting in that way, like that, so I'm kind of doing it now, is that people find it very disarming because... They don't see you and they don't perceive you as being of threat. Don't perceive you as being of threat. Now, that is uh, something, this is actually, if you're wanting to find out more about this, uh, have a listen to or, or read of um, Chris Voss's book. It's called um, uh, Start With No. I think actually, if I, if I might have that well and truly wrong on that one. It's uh, Chris Voss, the former FBI negotiator. It's been a little while since I've, um, since I've read his book. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think it's uh, start with no, pretty sure that's it. Anyway, um, so he, he talks about three different tonalities in conversation and how they can activate different parts of the brain, the brain function. And so, like I say, when you're talking with an excited energy and an excited voice, that can be very disarming. It's seen as non-threatening for a lot of people. So that's, that's one in itself. The next one is, uh, and I think he calls this as, uh, kind of like his bedroom voice, and it's sort of, we just might talk a little bit calmer and perhaps you're at peace, almost like you're going through some form of meditation. And as you let the waves wash over, blah, 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 right? And so what that's doing is it actually, actually is calming the brain down, it's calming the mood down. And so, of course, if, if uh, someone is in a situation where they're 
frustrated and whatnot, one way to help calm the situation down is uh, quite literally start talking a little bit like that. Hey, I, uh, I sense that this is frustrating you and I understand. Anyway, the other one is if you uh, inflect downwards at the end of your words. And so what I mean by inflecting downwards is if you talk like this. It's kind of like police officers do this really well or, or fathers in general. <laughs> your dad probably does it, probably speaks to you exactly like that. Listen, go clean your room. That tone, what it does, it's almost like we are uh, under a sense of authority. But what it does display is confidence. And that there, again, it activates a slightly different part of the brain. And that confidence from inflecting downwards holds through conversation, holds through the phone, holds through Zoom when you are verbalizing it in that particular way. So if you are in sales or you are about to have a sales call, just keep this in mind. You don't have to overthink about this stuff. And it's absolutely fine. You're going to mess it up. So don't like, you know, overthink this thing and think, oh, you know, damn it, I should have used my tones a little bit better. It takes practice. Uh, another little side story. One of the places I ended up working when I was in finance was a, uh, it's what we call a bucket shop. And uh, essentially it's a, it was a shithole, absolutely. And I hope people that, that I work with listen to this. It was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. But my job was calling people out on a database that had been uh, perhaps put on that database, you know, six to seven years prior. And they had no clue about trading or Forex or anything like that at all. But one of the cool things that that job taught me was that I was pumping through anywhere between two to 300 call attempts per day. And of course, when you have that many attempts, you cannot not get better at something. It's impossible when you have that much practice. Like this, I'm talking like probably 10,000 attempts at, 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 or, or more at calls during the tenure that I was there. Thankfully, it didn't last that long. But what I'm saying and the reason why I say that is because the more opportunities you give yourself to uh, practice this stuff, the better you're going to get, the more ingrained into you it's going to become. So anyway, a couple of things to, to make clear or, or to, to have in the back of your mind and maybe start practicing. You can you know, talk in front of the mirror or to your loved ones and see what it does. See what it does to the, the mood of the conversation when you do this as well as open a conversation and you know have a bit of have a bit of a cheer have a, like a, a bit of energy about you and like you know start inflecting your words up like that and it, like i say it activates a slightly different part of the brain whereas perhaps if you're trying to make a really discerning point you might want to start talking like this you might want to lower your voice a little bit and allow people to contemplate what you're telling them because when you're talking like this what it does is activate a part of your brain that makes people feel calmer. If you make them feel calm and at ease and at peace with you, they're going to build a stronger level of trust. And the words you're going to say to them are going to have more of an impactful meaning to them. And last but not least, when it comes time to crunch the numbers, you're about to drop the hammer and they are about to buy. Have a think about how you might want to put the tonality sloping downwards at the end of your words so if i say hey my coaching starts on 5k starts on five thousand dollars there's no confidence in that people will sniff it out straight away i'm not saying you're going to lose sales because of it but 
there's a high probability that they will come up with objections because they can sense that you're lacking in confidence when you're dropping that because you're nervous about asking for that size of cash flow, right? So practice it. But if I reverse that and I say it the other way, which is, cool, let's get you started. It's uh, just 5K. The other thing I just did then is I paused. So two things to take note of when you're closing, and this is going to impact your close rates dramatically. Like I say, is it, it's confident when you inflect downwards at the end of your words. Cool, let's get you started. It's just 5K. How'd you want to pay that? Check or credit card. Pause, let them gain, gather their thoughts. Let the silence sink in. Let them think about all this type of stuff. And when you do that, like I say, you're going to find that your close rates are going to go up. Um, in my mind, this is one of the fundamental skills that you can learn. So yeah, you can have scripts, you can have all sorts of things out there, but if you can learn just to connect with people and you can empathize and you have a slight, even just a small consciousness of the tonality that you're using with people, then you're going to have way better close rate. Just remember what that book was called. Uh, Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. Incredible book. Highly recommend it. Just remember. So on that note, folks, go close some sales. Hope this has helped. Like I say, practice the tonality. Do it with your family and your loved ones. Uh, you'll find it's actually really interesting because you can alter the mood of a conversation quite literally by the way that you communicate and the way that you get excited and the way that you start staying calm and the way you inflect down at the end of your words. Anyway, all that being said, hope this helps, guys. My name is Jamie Gardner. If you're interested in getting my help to crush your income goals this year and beyond, head over to jgcall.com. It's a free case study there you can check out. It shows uh, some of the success I've had with students. Once again, that's jgcall.com. Everyone else, feel free to hit that subscribe button. Look forward to catching up with you guys in the next one. Cheers.